Welcome back to DPT to CEO, the podcast where I, Dr. Morgan Meese, PT, owner of The Well Physio, a cash-based physical therapy practice I started in 2019, share with you as much as I can on how to successfully start, launch, and grow your own solo practice. Whether you're brand new and just thinking about getting started, or whether you're currently working with a full caseload of your very own patients, this podcast is for you. And of course, if you'd like more help, you can find all the resources on my website at morganmeese.com and connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Meese. If you're ready, let's dive in. Okay. Cool. We are live. Um, we are streaming now into the DPT to CEO Facebook group. Um, and I feel like I say this on every single like interview and episode, but I don't really have like a smooth intro or outro <laughs> to these streams, but that's okay. Um, like we were just talking about imperfection is totally fine. But um, for anybody who is coming to watch, whether you are here with us live or you are catching the replay, thank you so much for being here and joining us for this interview series where I am interviewing other like healthcare therapy entrepreneurs entrepreneurs um, to learn a little bit more about their stories, the challenges they've overcome, and what advice they might have for you as um, a new practice owner. And so joining us tonight is Dr. Trent Burchett. Uh, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Good to catch <laughs> up again. I know. Yes. Uh, Trent and I worked together um, earlier this year and at the end of last year to help him get started uh, with his practice. And um, like things are are definitely like chugging along. And I'm really excited to get into that um, and hear more about yeah, everything that's been going on since the last time we talked. So uh, if you don't mind um, introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about your story uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, thanks again for having me, Morgan. Uh, yeah. My name is Dr. Trent Burchett. Um, I'm a physical therapist uh, three years now. Um, so I had a little bit of a non-traditional route into PT world. So I went the PTA route first. Um, Knew I wanted to get a PT degree, um, just, I guess, didn't decide to do it right off the bat for some reason. I don't really know why, but um, so I went the uh, non-traditional route to uh, University of Finley, um, got my PT degree, transitional PT there. Um, and then right out of school, I started working at a small clinic uh, in a place called Vanceburg, Kentucky, um, where I was the sole PT there. Um, and then about three months into that job, um, my director offered me the opportunity to be the clinical manager. So obviously took that job as soon as I could because I felt like that was the highest I could get. Um, <laughs> and I, I was satisfied with my career at that point, but um, I knew I wanted more. Um, so then, you know, I worked in that job for uh, about a year and a half, two years. Um, and it just, it got to be too much. That, that location is about 40 minute drive from my house. Um, so it was difficult driving there, working 10 hour days. Um, you know, I don't know if, if you've been a clinical manager before, you know, there's, you know, <laughs> I'm the sole PT too. So it's just me and then uh, I put out all the fires, but I'm also doing seven to nine evaluations a day. Um, so at the end of the day, my brain was absolutely fried. Um, so uh, my wife was telling me it was a struggle for, for me to even just like function in the evenings. So 
I decided that that wasn't for me. So I switched roles one more time um, and transitioned to a closer location, thinking that would be easier on me uh, still as a clinical manager uh, at a bigger facility. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't any easier. <laughs> uh, then I decided again, wasn't for me, talked with Morgan and I stalked her Facebook page forever. <laughs> uh, we, we talked a couple times and, and then, uh, you know, pulled the trigger working with her and it was a great experience. So at that point, that's when I decided to open up my business. Um, and after we worked together, got me going. I mean, it was really just a couple months um, and we were actually starting to see, you know, people and business changes. So it, it was really nice. So that's where I'm at now. And uh, now I have between six to 10 patients currently. Um, and then I'm also in a, a contract with a wellness provider uh, in the area. He's a, he's actually a dentist. So it's kind of an interesting story, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, Trent has gone on like such a journey and, you know, we started working together. I want to say like last August, I think like mm -hmm. we, so we met one time and then you went to France for a while yeah. and then we got back together. Um, so like it hasn't even been a year, Trent. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, a year in September when I filed my LLC. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, the anniversary is coming up. That's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like in you know, like you you have traveled a lot. Like I feel like that's something that um is has been like a little bit unique to you, but, like with the different people I've worked with, is that like you took time off you know, like, which is something that can be kind of difficult to do when you're running your own business. Um, you know, you traveled, you saw friends and like, you had a bunch of different opportunities, like as you were getting set up as well, and you still managed to, you know, stay consistent and work on growing your business. And so, you know, like, that's something that I really admire about you. And, you know, like, you're kind of, proof of the process that, you know, no matter what else happens, whatever is outside of your control, you can only control what you do, you know, and right. it's like being able to be decisive and consistent, um, you know, over time as you're growing your practice, you will, you will eventually get there. Um, so yeah, great job with all that. Trend. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um so now you're here um with like partial to a full caseload which is awesome mm -hmm. um can you tell us a little bit more about like your particular practice and you know who you work with or who you the ideal was and then kind of yeah. like who you're working with now yeah yeah, so working with Morgan, obviously, we you know, we tried to niche down as much as possible. So in in my business plan and model was my focus was to work with back pain patients, um, active people in the community that deal with back pain, uh, whether it acute or persistent back pain. Um, uh, didn't didn't quite work out that way at the beginning. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> interesting, but uh, no, the the story. You know, we started working and. Um, started getting some clients and for some reason traction built and I was now the postpartum guy um, right after. So I got <laughs> I got one girl uh, that reached out to me and and I did more like a wellness programming and stuff for her. Um, mm -hmm. And then she recommended me to a couple of her friends. So I built like a, a little group of about four to five postpartum women mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, still with back pain, but, you know, not not exactly ideal, but it worked out well. Um, you know, they got good success with working with me. Um, 
and we were able to make them feel a little better and then actually feel a little bit more confident in their self um, after after giving birth. So that was it was actually pretty satisfying to work with them. Mm. Uh, got, got myself a new little niche, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a, yeah, so I'm a I'm a mobile PT practice, but I also do wellness. Um, so I travel to people's homes, offices. Um, I have a foldable table I bring with me. Um, I deal with uh, cash-based service only uh, at this time. And um, my wellness side of things, I do a lot of programming for women, um, like in that I was telling you with the postpartum. Uh, mm-hmm. So I do you know, fitness programming, nutrition programming um, for them and kind of guide them along the way if they're dealing with you know, emotional stresses or sleep, sleep issues, that kind of thing. So I'm there to be their contact to um, help them get through those difficult times, but also still continue to improve. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think that that really reflects well, kind of like what to expect when you're first getting started, as far as like niching down, you know, like if you had kept it super broad, you wouldn't have gotten to where you are right now, Right. you know, and, um, you might like go through like a few different niches as you're getting going and that's okay. You just have to decide on one, try it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then if it doesn't work, you know, then you can start to look into other things as well. Um, So, and then I know like you, you're mobile now, also had some experience working in a gym and Mm -hmm. um, working out of the dentist office. And I was just wondering if you could kind of elaborate on your experiences with the different like, settings you've worked in yeah yeah i probably should mention my business name too oh yeah <laughs> um, it's, it's called optimize you physical therapy and wellness um but yeah uh, as morgan mentioned i i did trial some some gym uh, opportunity that that came available to me to rent a small space basically big enough to fit my table in <laughs> yeah um, you know i i did a open house and i i did end up seeing a couple people there i got business from that facility um, we worked together for about three months or so, um, and I just wasn't getting the traction that I expected to get. Um, mm-hmm. So I turned turned my gears more towards uh, the wellness side. And then at that point, it was kind of like the 100 challenge time, mm-hmm. uh, I think, with Morgan's program, um, which really got me outside of my comfort zone. But it got <laughs> me my biggest client right now, and it's continued client still um, with my uh, wellness wellness programming. So what she was mentioning is I, uh, during the 100 challenge, reached out to a local dentist office um, and kind of educated him what I was doing, my goal. And he was a younger dentist, so he kind of fit the mold and he really enjoyed the, the opportunity um, mm-hmm. and what I was trying to do. Um, and so what I do is I go to his office monthly. Um, usually it's twice a month. Um, and he pays me for wellness services for all of his dental hygienists and basically all of his staff. Um, and he uses it as a benefit to his staff. Uh, which is kind of different than a normal physical therapist or wellness business that you would think of. Um, But it it works out really well because, I mean, those types of jobs, they're prolonged positioning jobs that cause persistent neck and back pain. So the the girls there really, really enjoy it. And they seem to get a lot of benefit out of it, too. Um, And I've been there pretty much since we did the 100 challenge, which was, I think, sometime around October. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been almost a year. So it's, it's, it's worked out really well for him. Yeah. And you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I just, I think that's so cool. And like something that, you know, I just want to point out here and like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this trend as well, but, um, 
I was just talking to one of my other clients and they were asking me about like how in a traditional therapy setting, like you might prescribe somebody their initial plan of care where you meet, you know, twice a week for four weeks. And then in a traditional setting, a lot of the time after that initial plan of care, it's just like, you know, go ahead, get out of here. <laughs> like you're done. Right. Um, you know, but when it comes to being cash, ba cash based, or even just like working for yourself, even if you like do accept insurance or whatever, there are other opportunities for you to keep people around. And, you know, as long as it's appropriate and if they so choose to, you know, like mm -hmm. we're not forcing anybody to stay. Um, right. But uh, my other client was asking about that. Like, how do you go about, um, keeping somebody like after the initial plan of care and, you know, keeping them long-term, like you have this client that you've been working with for, you know, coming up on a year. I've had different PT clients where I've worked with them like on and off for like two years even. Um, and they stick around. So, um, I'd love to hear, you know, more about what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I also have uh, two other clients I've been working with since me and Morgan started too, and they're they're more like PT. Um, we transitioned them to wellness, um, you know, a, a while back, but I, they've been with me since since I started as well. Mm -hmm. um, so at the beginning, you know, you're you're dealing with a big problem that this uh, my client in particular was a big back pain issue mm -hmm. um, that she's been dealing with forever. So um, you know, we we got that under control for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. And then her goal was she's she's a veterinarian, so she's really active. She works long hours and, and inconsistent hours. Um, so she would text me at random times, um, but I would always check in with her throughout the week because there would be a couple of days I wouldn't hear from her uh, for a while. Um, you know, something would happen at work. She would get kicked by a horse or, you know, she, she had issues at work because it's a, such a physically intensive job. Mm -hmm. um, so what we would do is we put it on hold. I'd create a small program for her to do on her own. Um, mm -hmm. until she felt comfortable, you know, us working together again. Um, she would always just kind of check in with me along the way. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's more that like accountability partner more than anything um, is I was just there when she needed me. Uh, she knew mm -hmm. what to do exercise wise. Um, and then when something got flared up, she'd call me and we'd get her right back on the caseload again. So it's, it's really just like uh, staying in contact with that person, whether you're working with them or not. Yeah. Um, and it, even if it's just monthly checking in, um, seeing how they're doing and getting the continued buy-in with that person uh, helps build the rapport uh, and keep them in the back of your mind uh, that you're mm -hmm. always there if, if you need to, you know, get your back fixed all of a sudden uh, from yeah. a, horse kick or something <laughs> crazy <laughs> like that. But yeah, yeah, kind of kind of that, um, you know, just always checking in and being in the back of their mind and knowing that, you know, you're there if, if they need you. Um, I mm -hmm. think people really trust and, and, and believe in you uh, when mm -hmm. you can do that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, like a couple, I guess like a couple of things come to mind that, um, you know, like I've learned over the past couple of years, but like one of them being that, you know, even though all of us have like really limited time, um, like spending the time and investing the time into somebody who, you know, you, you know, is a good fit. And it's just kind of like on, on the fence. Um, 
continuing to just like build a relationship with them until they feel comfortable enough to work with you is huge, you know, and you have to kind of change your mindset around it a little bit from like, oh, I'd like, I want this person to pay me like immediately, um, you know, or like start working with them right away. Like you have to change your mindset from that kind of like place of scarcity to, you know, like eventually whenever this person, you know, feels like it's appropriate, they'll tell me, yes, we'll start working together. And so I'm going to spend my time and energy, you know, getting to know them, making sure that they're comfortable um, because in the end it will pay off most likely. Um, So there was that. And then I had another thing, but I forgot it, of course. So the other question that I wanted to ask you, because you've mentioned wellness a few times, and like, that's one of the biggest questions that a lot of this audience has is Trent, what's the difference between PT and wellness? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's the difficult question, right? <laughs> no, um, no I, I consider the two, you know, in my mind, with, with my form of business is, you know, wellness clients, I pretty much just do programming for um, and basic level um, exercise and manual techniques. So uh, like at the dentist's office, I consider it wellness. It's not really PT because I'm not treating a specific pain point. Um, I'm just dealing with, you know, flexibility, you know, trying to keep their posture upright so that they're not sore and achy at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also, uh, for my wellness clients, do like specific workout programs focused on their fitness goals more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with the PT clients, I, I consider them having like a specific diagnosis that I'm actively treating with manual therapy techniques, including like joint manipulation, massage, um, some more skilled involved, uh, techniques that would require me to, um, correct them in the, in the exercise process rather than mm-hmm. just switching their programming to help build them to be able to do a heavier squat. Um, yeah. more of a, more of a pain point than like a personal goal, um, mm-hmm. in, in my mind. So yeah. It, but yeah, it's kind of a difficult question. They kind of like fluctuate between the two for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that like, this is a big thing that comes up with regards to, um, Medicare patients. And mm-hmm. like, that's not something that I personally have a lot of experience with because my, uh, group of people that I work with through PT are, under the Medicare age. And so it doesn't really come up too much, but I know that that is a really common question that people have because like, like the lines, I think between being a physical therapist who offers wellness services and just like somebody on the street who offers wellness services, I feel like it can get like kind of blurry the line there. Um, And so I really like the way that you, defined it and i i think i would agree like that's kind of what what i would say too is that like physical therapy is like a specific pain a specific injury diagnosis like you said um or you know helping somebody get from like poor quality of life and lack of independence to that point where like Mm -hmm. quality of life is okay (laughs) at the very very least um you know and they're independent but there are so many other problems that we can help guide people through you know to the wellness side um Mm -hmm. 
you know, instead of just like fixing the shoulder pain, it's like, okay, well, like, let's fix your shoulder pain. And then we're also going to work on building strength overhead and address your posture so that, you know, like it doesn't come back or because like you said, you know, there's a personal goal where maybe like they want to get into weightlifting. Um, right. And so yeah, like, I, that's, I, that's I did how have I did. Uh, like a Medicare patient that was kind of mm -hmm. like you were saying, you don't deal with them as much. I don't really yeah. either, but um, I did have one that was in a scenario where um, he was actually going to PT at the facility that I did PRN work at while mm -hmm. I was opening my business. So <laughs> it was pretty difficult to keep those two lines separated from each other. Um, yeah. But what we did was, you know, he was in therapy at the facility getting aquatic physical therapy uh, mm -hmm. for his back pain. Um, mm -hmm. So what I worked on was mostly when I went to see him was, you know, we did a lot of flexibility work and a lot of manual mm -hmm. soft tissue work with him. And then uh, I taught him exercise progression where mm -hmm. at the, at the rehab facility he was at, they were just focusing on getting him some abdominal strengthening and just moving in the water basically, because he was in so much pain with his back. So mm -hmm. I was being the person that was giving him the thing he felt like was benefiting him more mm -hmm. <laughs> um, by the manual and like flexibility and actually progressing his exercise. Um, and then the rehab facility, the aquatics treatment was, you know, managing his back pain. I wasn't technically treating his back pain, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was difficult because I was still working PRN. So we had to separate, uh, I couldn't do any yeah. assessment or anything while I was at the facility. So that, that complicates things, but there's definitely, you, it's doable for sure. Yeah. And like, I know, like one thing that we had talked about and like, I usually suggest for like other uh, professionals in that situation is, you know, as soon as you're presented with that, or even prior to being presented with an opportunity where you're like, eh, this feels kind of gray, um, like literally like writing down your company's, like your practices policies on what like therapy is, what medically necessary therapy is versus wellness or fitness or just like health coaching services and giving specific examples and writing it down for yourself. Um, I feel like is really helpful because you don't have to like keep having this discussion with yourself, right. you know, like look at your like exact objective criteria in your practice and then like utilizing that and any other sources like the Medicare website, um, you know, and documenting like, here's the reason why this person is X, Y, or Z or whatever. Um, I feel like really helps. Do you think, like, what do you think about that trend? Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. Um, you know, you gave me that uh, as a, as a recommendation too, when we got started. And I think it was with this scenario, actually, um, mm -hmm. you said, make sure you put it in your intake paperwork. You know, what is PT? What is wellness? So there's a clear line between the two. Um, so there's no confusion. You know, mm -hmm. if he were to accidentally go bill or try to get reimbursed for my services, you know, things would pop up as a, why are you receiving two physical therapy businesses services? Yeah. But um, in my documentation and my intake paperwork, it all justifies why it's one or the other. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely that, that would take care of that issue um, if it ever would occur. So for sure. Yeah. And I think like, you know, like this is, 
one of the like biggest barriers for a lot of therapists getting into their own practice is I think that we all want like a very concrete, exact, accurate answer, yeah. um, you know, for these questions. And sometimes there is one, sometimes there's not. And, you know, like really all you can do is like through, you know, talking to people and of course, definitely like writing down and documenting whatever your assessment is and backed up by resources, like just doing your very educated best, you know, to make decisions. And like, that's, you know, part of the autonomy that we have as therapists um, is to make those decisions, you know, based on this observation, these facts that I have, you know, this is why this person qualifies for Medicare covered services or not. Um, right. You know, and that's all you can do is your best. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean we all took a laws exam, so we know what's what's expected, and yeah. you're, you're supposed to do no harm and do the right do the right thing. We all have like ethical and moral moral reasons why you would choose what to do. So, I mean, as long as you go with your gut most of the time, it's going to be the right decision. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, that it, that is a difficult scenario. I could at the beginning, I was having trouble with that too. But you know, you giving me the clear lines of one way or the other that was that definitely helped a lot for sure. So yeah, now I'm not good. really too, too worried about it a whole lot anymore. Yeah, yeah. good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. And let's see. So one thing that I know, um, <clears throat> lots, lots of newbies out there, uh, you know, always have questions on and something that I think tends to like hold therapists back sometimes from like taking the leap of faith to open their own practice is, you know, like, who's going to want to work with me? Where do I find patients? Um, you know, and like, how, how am I going to make this work? So, yeah. you know, with, with those questions and getting into how to do marketing, what have you learned in the past year about all that? Trend? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely been a big learning curve for me because I'm definitely not a marketing person. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I'm really good with interpersonal skills and social interaction, but uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to like, social media marketing stuff that's not for me my wife has done all that um, mm -hmm. for me and helped me a lot with that whole process and transition um, but you know outside of social media it's it's getting in the community as much as you can talking mm -hmm. to people as often as you can i think you gave me a a task one time when I was at the gym to just talk to random people in the yeah, gym and break gym super, etiquette super, super weird um, <laughs> But I, I did that, and it, I mean, it got me a couple people while I was there. And I was, I was, you know, getting nothing the whole time I was there. And then I tried that, and I actually got a couple people um, out of it. So it, it took me out of my comfort zone for sure, but it, it mm -hmm. definitely worked. So it's it's talking to people they don't know about you if you don't tell them about you is, mm -hmm. is kind of what I learned through the whole process. So yeah. you tell as many people as possible about what yeah. you're doing, and they're eventually going to get some kind of interest in what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that. Like, that's where it starts is just by like, talking to people. And like, another example that I give is like, at my own gym, my home gym that I go and work out at, like, I don't think either time that I've been at like a different CrossFit gym, I didn't start going to that gym with the intention of getting patients. Like the first six months that I was there, you know, I'm just happy doing my workout, you know, and, and meeting different people. But um, more so at my current gym, 
um as i was meeting people and talking to everybody like i would just like mention like oh yeah like i'm a physical therapist and i have my own practice actually and like that's it mm -hmm. you know like you don't have to be you don't have to like sell more than you need to you yeah. know like once you make people aware of who you are and how you can help people um you just keep making friends <laughs> and yeah. relationships and eventually at both gyms like people started coming up to me and asking you know like oh can you help me with this can you help me with that can i book an appointment mm -hmm. um because they have come to know like and trust you and i think that you know like boutique fitness fitnessy gyms can be mm -hmm. like a little bit maybe easier to talk to other people than like straight up like well is it a gold's gym that you were at no it's it's a it's a privately owned gym but it's um kind of more i would call it like a meathead gym yeah. <laughs> more, like a, more like a bodybuilding gym um, yeah yeah that same kind of vibe so it was it was dudes with headphones squatting 700 pounds and i was coming up to them and saying hey there my name's <laughs> I'm a physical therapist and I have a business. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it wasn't that bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like you said, though, if you come up to people and you say, you know, I, I own my own business, um, they immediately say, well, what do you do? Yeah. Um, and then you say your physical therapy. How does it work? That's the next question that comes out of their mouths. So I've had that happen uh, hundreds of times since I've opened my business is you stay one statement and they lead the questions to where they want to go. And you just mm -hmm. explain yourself from there. Um, yeah. So that's, that's how I've done my marketing and, and social interaction in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome. And that's really good. Like uh, I think sales advice in general is to like on your end of the conversation, don't say like more than you need to, mm -hmm. you know, don't try to like say like, Oh yeah, I have my own private practice and I practice out of this gym and my house and online. And I help people do these things and like, Oh, right. but it, like, it's only, it's like better cause it's cash and like, Oh, we don't like just <laughs> like <Yeah>. word vomit <laughs> is too much. And the yeah. person you're talking to will be like, wow. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. For sure. I was, yeah. I'm definitely, definitely guilty of that at the beginning when I started for sure. <laughs> had a couple reach out, people reach out to me on social media. And that was immediately what I did was vomit everything I knew about my business. Tried to, tried to just give them all the information. They, they didn't ask me that question. So just what they asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just, I think that's good advice too. Just like hear the question, internalize yeah. the question and answer just the question yeah. um, <laughs> instead yep. of everything. Yep. Um, so yeah, everybody, you know, it's not as hard as you think. Like we, I think we make it hard because we, we want to give all the information. Um, but that's honestly like not always what, what people are looking for too. You know, they might come up to you and be like, Hey Trent, like I heard you're a PT, like, can you fix my shoulder? And then you'd say, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. then you can just like go forward from there so yeah no, like, that's awesome people that are looking for this type of care is not going to be like a a whim purchase for someone so mm -hmm. somebody you're not going to just mention hey i have a practice and they're going to pull out their cash and pay you right on the spot the, so there's no reason to incentivize them to try to speed up the process right. um so it, it's kind of like a slow burn mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, answer their question. It causes some them to get a little bit intrigued. They start processing. I've had people reach back out to me two weeks after I made contact with them in person and say, Hey, can you tell me a little bit more about this? Mm -hmm. And 
then you answer their question and you may not sell them until, you know, a month later. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's how this process works with this type of a business. It's, it's not a, it's not a go to Walmart, walk through the store, and then you sell something on the shelf you weren't ready for and you buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not how this works. Oh my gosh. That's me at the grocery store. Like yeah. I'll have one list and then I'm like, oh, but look at all these other things. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that's like a good way, a good way to look at it. Like what we have to offer is kind of like that thing. For me, it's electronics, but I do like a lot of research mm -hmm. on electronics. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and watch reviews and just look it up, blah, 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 compared to like whatever position I'm in right now. Um, and then I go to the store and buy it. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a big ticket purchase. You're not going to, yeah, just throw like $20 is nothing compared to you're spending $1,000 on a plan of care with someone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're definitely going to do your research and, and learn as much as possible about that person before you say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just buy that. Yeah. yeah. Unless oh you're planning on working with millionaires or something, which <laughs> I'm not. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Who's telling me? Like, I think it was actually uh, my client, Brenda. She was on one of the interviews. She mm -hmm. did. Like, she just uh, started working with somebody, I think, who, like, yeah, at least he has like a multi-million dollar home. So like, that's all nice. we know. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's just like, okay, like I'm ready. <laughs> like didn't yeah. even like ask about it, which is fine. You yeah, know, like awesome. I think that's happened to me. Like one time that I can remember where I told somebody like, okay, like it's going to be 1500 bucks for this plan of care. And like, I was like panicking on the inside saying that and then the patient i was with was just like okay like do you like do you take credit mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <Yep>. yes <laughs> let's yep. go yep. um so i think you know like that kind of leads into like another little thing that i i definitely like talked everybody's ear off about but when it comes to finances and you know worrying about if somebody is going to like pay for your services like you can't assume anything, you know, because then you end up like making yourself spiral um, right. about like if, you know, are they going to be able to afford like the eval or the plan of care or whatever? What if they don't like it? What if they don't see the value in it? Um, and my my biggest advice on that has always been like, don't assume anything like you know nothing about the other person right. um and like typically when people want some kind of result they'll figure out a way to find the money for it um mm -hmm. what what do you think about that yeah i mean definitely I, I would say that's true because um you know i had some people that you know i said i was postpartum guy when i started working but mm -hmm. uh, you know this girl was you know, 26 years old and she had three kids and um, you know, she worked, uh, as a, she was actually a speech therapist, uh, okay. in the school system. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, they, she didn't have uh, a lot of money. She had three kids. I mean, she was working like crazy, um, just to put food on the table for her family. Um, mm -hmm. so I, when I reached out to her, I was kind of surprised that she was like, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at the beginning, it wasn't that simple. We had to explain and like the process of everything. Um, but we realized that she had an FSA card um, and she had been saving money in that FSA account and never really used it or knew what to use it on. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, hey, that's what this is for. Um, yeah. And she said, oh, perfect. I didn't know I could use that. And she she had no problem paying for it at that point. 
because mm -hmm. she never utilized that account um, and didn't know what to do with it. So you gave her the opportunity, but it gave her a different way to, to purchase what she was actually looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something uh, to note for anybody, you know, watching or listening to this that's new. Um, lots of people have HSA and FSA cards that, you know, like you said, Trent, like they don't really know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but like those cards, like we can accept as a medical practice. Um, and like the policies, I, you know, assume and believe that like the policies for those types of accounts will vary depending on like, you know, who the cards are through. But, um, you know, for most, most of the clients that we will work with, they can use those cards to pay for our services. And, you know, they might have like a few grand in there that they're not going to use on anything else. And so that's always, uh, something to ask about, I would say. So, um, and I know one other thing that we wanted to touch on tonight, Trent, is the concept that, <laughs> that, you know, like it can be scary to leave a full-time job. So tell us a little bit more about like your, your experience with that. Yeah. I mean, I, as I said at the very beginning, you know, I was, I was a full-time PT um, and I was actually a clinical manager at the time too. And I was over. Uh, 10 therapists at the facility I was working at. So mm -hmm. I thought I was, I was at the top and doing what I could yeah. knowing in the back of my mind that the only step up for me was a clinical director. And I knew I didn't want to go non-clinical completely. Um, yeah. It just wasn't in the cards for me. Um, so that was a, it was difficult because I had the stability of a steady paycheck, yeah. um, but my mental health and my time freedom was just in the dumpster. Like I, I had no energy <laughs> to do anything. Uh, I used to be really into working out. It slowed me down from working out because I didn't have the energy to do anything at the end of the day. Um, it, it was definitely a difficult transition though, um, because, you know, of the stability factor. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I took the chance, the risk, um, because I wanted more time freedom and that's, mm -hmm. that's what it bought me to, um, you know, I have the opportunity to make more money than I've ever made as a clinical manager now than mm -hmm. I did when I was working full time, which is crazy to think about. And yeah. most people are like, how, how in the world is that possible? Um, but it, it's created opportunities for me to take other positions that I would not elsewhere been able to. Um, mm -hmm. So like I'm an adjunct uh, uh, professor at uh, a DPT school as well. Um, so I teach three classes in the fall. I would have never been able to do that and get that experience. And I love it. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and then I can also, if I want, pick up some PRN gigs if I'm slow. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's what I've done. I mean, it's it's you know you can make extra cash um, in that way. And I'm I'm really lucky that my wife uh, works a full time job and she stay at home with her job, and she has really good health insurance with it. So I don't have mm -hmm. to deal with you know losing insurance and all that stuff. So I was I was lucky in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so that helped me, you know, be able to do it. And I knew in the back of my mind, if something were to happen, I could always go back to that job. So yeah. I could always get another full-time job if I wanted it. Um, and then you helped me realize that too, uh, at the beginning when we did our first, uh, free consultation call, like, Hey, there's always going to be a position for you somewhere, you know, might as well take the chance. This is, this is your time. So yeah. I did it and I, I don't regret it. Definitely. Good. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've ever met anybody with a practice that says like, Oh, I regret this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's a blast. I mean, it's really fun. 
Um, and I mean, I, I can make my own schedule. I can work when I want. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't ask for anything better. Yeah. And like the thing I've been trying to get my, my husband to move on to like PRN slash see his own clients. Cause he has one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but he like, he's always so worried about whether he's going to have like enough PTO to go and see his family. Um, and like, he's used up a lot of it this year with like different, different things that we've done. Um, and I know that's something that stresses him out. Like, and he can't, I feel like this is probably common, but like, even when he's sick, like he has to use PTO for like the first three days before like his sick days kick in or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so he's always so stressed out about like missing work. Um, and you know, when you end up like when you work for yourself, as long as like everything's relatively planned out, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you can decide when you want to take time off. You I mean, you could even take a sick day if you don't feel good, you know, and right. your clients will understand. Right. Um, so like that, I think has been huge and like something that uh, at times I feel like I've kind of taken for granted. Um, but it really is like a huge benefit to working for yourself. And I also just wanted to point out too the other cool thing, you know, with being in charge of your professional work and not having to do a, a you know, nine to five is you've created like multiple streams of income too. Yeah. You know, and so like some sometimes like one will be paying more than the other one. But, you know, as you kind of spread things out over a few different places, um, you, you don't have to like depend on only just one thing, which is right. really nice, too. Yeah. And it's it's, you know, gave me the opportunity to have negotiating power in those positions. Like um, I, we were talking before the call, um, you know, I just got the opportunity. Somebody one of my old clinical instructors texted me and said, hey, um, you know, I have some extra work. Would you be interested? It's a skilled mm -hmm. nursing facility. Never thought in the world I would ever work in skilled nursing. My focus yeah. is outpatient orthopedics and sports. Uh -huh. um, but you know, I had negotiating power in that sense because I had my business. Um, I had mm -hmm. I had time and I knew how much I was worth uh, because I found that out um, by working with you and getting my yeah. all my numbers straight. Um, and then I'm also, you know, working in a PRN position where I can say yes or no whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. um, so I got negotiating power in that sense, and I got way higher salary than I expected to or hourly rate um, out of that position. Um, and it was only because I had this already set in place. So I wouldn't yeah. have been able to do that otherwise. I would have had to turn that money down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it sounds like because like at this time, you know, like they need you more than you need them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't care if they said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is I threw an astronomical number out and uh, we were talking before is mm -hmm. I, I threw a crazy number out and they said no. And then I said, okay, sorry, can't help <laughs> you. Um, and then a week later I got a text and said, Hey, I was able to negotiate with my um, regional director and we're going to be able to do that salary you requested. I said, Oh, okay, that works. So I give them a couple hours a week on Friday morning. Um, mm -hmm. so I can make a couple extra hundred bucks real quick. Um, and it doesn't take that much time away from my business. Um, and I can still do what I want with my family on Fridays when I take the Friday off. So, yeah. Yay. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. It really does. It just, it teaches you, like you said, you know, that it teaches you to like value the education that you have and the skills mm -hmm. that you have. I think, you know, like now I value that part of myself a lot more than when I was working in outpatient ortho. Um, 
you know, because like not only just clinically, like being able to take away somebody's pain, I think is like the coolest thing ever, yeah. you know, and making somebody feel better. Um, you know, but like by going through this process of growing a business, you learn so many more like of the ins and outs of it that when it comes to negotiations or other opportunities, you don't have to say yes to them, like kind of out of like desperation. Right. You can go into that conversation with a lot more knowledge about what you bring to the table, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like new grad PT coming out of school. If somebody threw $40 on the table for me, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, and then now that's, that's nothing. I mean, I, there's no way I would take a job for $40 an hour. I would, I would probably yeah. laugh if somebody offered me $40 an hour. <laughs> Just knowing what I can, what I can make and what I'm worth and, and I'm yeah. able to charge for people and, and they see the worth in me um, when I'm able to help them. And that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just like kind of going off of that a little bit, and I feel like we kind of already covered some of it, but I think like, I'm curious to hear from you, like the biggest like mindset change that you've had in the past year. Um, it's, let's see. The biggest thing for me is, uh, I would say, you know, getting to know people on, you know, through personal interaction and social, social media marketing type stuff that, that was, that was difficult for me at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a big, difficult learning curve for me <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm not used to throwing myself out there like that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, doing it once or twice and exposing it yourself to it um, after that, it's not a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. You learn, learn small skills like that. Um, and now I have the confidence to do it anytime I want to. Um, if I want to get some extra clients, I can always just beef up my social media um, videos or have my wife help me with some yeah. <laughs> social media yeah. content and get that stuff out there. But yeah, definitely that, that that's helped a lot being able to do that and, and know those skills now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then this may or may not be the same answer, but um if somebody were to reach out to you and say you know like hey trent like i'm thinking about starting my own practice but you know i have all these fears associated with it and other feelings um what advice would you give somebody who is going to be like new practice owner new business owner somebody who's new oh yeah i, I would definitely say do it for sure <laughs> yeah like definitely definitely do it um you know do it and then figure out the stuff as you go. Um, because that's, that's really, I, I was super nervous. Like when I first started like, Oh, what am I going to do with my, my money, my insurance and all this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and I just thought, well, what if it fails? And, and you and my wife are like, so what, what if it fails? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Um, that was, that was a big mindset shift for me too, was just realizing that if it failed, it failed. It's not, not the end of the world. Um, right. And I can always go do something else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I yeah. yeah, I love that. There's just you know so many so many positives that'll come out of it, and even like the negatives, like the fear, the worry, the anxiety. Like you know, am I going to make enough money? You figure it out. You know yeah. whether you succeed in the way that you thought you would, or you know like you figure out that maybe this isn't for you. That's okay right. because yeah. you know like at least you tried it, and it's not like a regret that you have down the right. road. Um, yeah. It's a lot like PT school, really. Like you, <laughs> you, 
you stress and worry and worry and worry. And then you take a clinical practical exam and it's like the most stress you've ever had in your entire life. Yeah. And then after you do one, it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad at all. And then <laughs> the rest are really not that bad. So, I mean, it, I, that's kind of how I, I see it is yeah. <laughs> once you get exposure to those stresses one time, you pull the bandaid off, it's never going to be that bad again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Except, <laughs> except maybe for, for practicals. I <laughs> so much trauma oh my god and you know like like thinking about it now I'm sure that like all of the professors that we had like you know they're all looking for like bare minimum competency oh, <laughs> in yeah. doing those things but oh I would get so worked up about all yeah. of them and like go to like uh take somebody's blood pressure and I'm like uh yeah. <laughs> and now, now being on the other side where I'm adjuncting for a for a PT school, I get yeah. to see all those stresses show up in students. And, you know, that's, that's honestly what I tell them at the beginning. I'm like, look, we're just making sure that you don't injure someone. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the bare minimum to get by. That's all you mm -hmm. need to know. Don't stress about it. Um, because yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is a stressful situation. But yeah. <laughs> then afterwards, they come up to me like, did I fail? Did I fail? No, you're fine. You passed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can just see the relief. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's wild, but yeah, I, I kind of relate the business world to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just constantly treading water, trying to stay above water. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, in like, a good way. It's, it's not yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. And like remembering that like everybody who looks really successful on the outside was once mm -hmm. where you were or yeah. are, you know, um, even like our professors in the clinicals, like they had to do those at some point too. Mm -hmm. you know yeah. and so like nobody nobody is going to look at you and like think that you're dumb for starting a business mm -hmm. um i think i've only ever received you know like support positive support and everything um so yeah just go for it it'll be fine yep yep my, i think my, my mom always used to say everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time just like <laughs> so it's the same same process so at one point, everybody was starting out and now they're successful. All you see is a success. You don't see right. all the, the difficult struggles that they went through mm -hmm. to get there. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So just whoever's listening to this, you know, know that you're in good company and everything will be fine. <laughs> yep, definitely. All right. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Trent. I feel like that's a really good place to you know, kind of stop and let everything sink in. Um, I really appreciate you being here and, and sharing your story. Like, it's crazy to think like this time last year, you know, like what you were thinking then and going through then and, you know, compared to right now and thinking like where you could be another year from now too, yeah. you know, next summer yeah. and everything. Um, if people have any questions for you, want to check out your business, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, so uh, my business website is optimizeyouhealth.com. Um, and then if you want to check out my Facebook page, I have the social media stuff on there. Um, it's uh, Optimize You Physical Therapy and Wellness. Um, and then if you want to reach out to me personally, my email is trent at optimizeyouhealth.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, yay. And thanks everybody who was able to make it live or whether you're catching on the replay, the podcast, YouTube, whatever it is. Thank you so much for listening. Um, hope this was helpful. And yeah, thanks again, Trent, for being here. Right. Thanks for having me. It's a good time. Yeah. All right, everybody. See you in the next one.
that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I am honored to be a part of this community of healthcare entrepreneurs, and it is my hope that by sharing and spreading stories, advice, and knowledge to people just like you who want something more, it will inspire you to create the life and career that you dream of. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on my website at morganmeese.com or on Instagram at drmorganmeese. Who do you want to hear from next? Or would you like to be featured on this series? Have an idea for a topic that hasn't been covered yet? Please email me at morgan at thewellphysio.com.